Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. An impossible goal. These guys are good. Scary good. And this crowd is going bananas. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network, presented to you by our sponsors, BetMGM. My name is Michael Leboff. Joining me, as always, my colleague and co-host, Nick Martin. Nick, it's getting a little tougher to handicap the NHL. This always happens at this time of the season. Stuff like motivation, lineup news, stuff all matters. We're still going to try to find our favorite underdog, but it's definitely a little tougher these days. And one of the frustrating things about it is like there are some teams like your Washington Capitals, for example, who are up against the cap. The Toronto Maple Leafs are a similar spot. So they can't really jig their rosters all that much, right? Like they can't have guys sit out for rest because then they'd have to call up people and then they go over the cap and your Capitals are dressing 17 players tonight rather than the usual 18 skaters. That said, we're still going to have to try to figure out the lineups tomorrow and, and try to do our best to prognosticate who's going to come in and out. The good news, though, is that my underdog has nothing to do with that. I like the Red Wings at plus 200. Let's see if it goes up a little more as well, because the Red Wings obviously have nothing to play for. Carolina still competing for the division with the Devils, a point ahead of New Jersey. They are playing on Monday night as well, Carolina is. So they're traveling on a back-to-back. They're in Ottawa on Monday night, traveling down to Carolina for this Tuesday contest with the Red Wings. And as, as it stands right now, since Andrei Svechnikov got hurt, the Carolina Hurricanes have played 15 games. In those 15, they are 7-7-1 seven, seven and one and have a minus 3 goal differential at 5-on-5. Five five. Of course, that caveat comes with the usual caveats with the Carolina Hurricanes, which is they are still tilting the ice in the right direction. Generally, they have a plus 12 expected goal differential at 5-on-5 five five in that span and plus... 40 differential in terms of high dangerous chances created versus high danger chances allowed. But the problem with the Hurricanes, and it's been a problem with them for for years now, is that their margin for error is pretty thin because they just don't have the natural finishing that some of the other elite teams have that showed up. And it's also coupled with some pretty porous goaltending over that stretch as well. Carolina shooting 6.55% at five on five since Svechnikov is hurt. It should come up, but those things are probably correlated. You lose your best finisher, your shooting percentage will likely go down a tick, and their save percentage at 5-on-5 is near the bottom third of the league as well. I believe they're 10th worst in that span. So it's a bet against the Hurricanes on a back-to-back. We'll see where this number goes, but even a 2-1, to I think Detroit or nothing. I'm a little scared. I definitely agree that Carolina is playing a little worse right now. And I think the one thing that like is most alarming probably to their fans and people who follow the team like really closely is that they've had some really uncharacteristic defensive breakdowns where it's just like a complete lapse. They had a few versus Buffalo in a game where they actually scored three, which for them a lot of nights is plenty. So for me, this the fear is that I like I still think this roster has proven so much under Brendan Moore that with three games left, I kind of think maybe we just see them sorted out and, and play some better hockey. But I see the logic. It's a really long price. So Yeah, I mean, it's a tough spots, travel spot. So. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a not an easy one. For Carolina, not an easy back-to-back. I know Detroit's got one too, but it's like, I just can't trust, you can't trust this team at this kind of price, I don't think. They just, they leave the door open way too many times with their lack of finishing. For you, no team jumped off the page, but a couple of 
anytime goal scorers you wanted to highlight? Yeah, a couple of anytime goal scorers and maybe some, you know, kind of notes on uh, finishing out the season here. I actually love the end of the season. Like, I think if you're going to put in the work and make some assumptions, it can be really profitable. So far, it's been a little tough. I thought a good example of this kind of angle, Philly kind of kiboshed it because they ended up dressing five defensemen and didn't really seem very like they wanted to win that game that much. But if something like Boston on Sunday, where you can gain once Boston announced their starters that were going to sit, it's 30 cents of line value gained from when I went in Saturday night. So that's a good example where why would the Bruins ever play the guys that they sat? It really didn't make much sense. It was back to back. They're playing to get the NHL record. So I guess they had a little more incentive than other times. But I just think that's the kind of thing you want to keep in mind down the stretch and which can make some really appealing underdogs because the sports books don't really seem to make many assumptions about who's going to who's going to come in and out of the lineup. So keep that in mind. And my favorite underdogs tie into that a little bit. So one of them, I like Nicholas Waugh to score. He's been playing really good. He's a quality goal scorer. He took over Eichel's role on the top power play and top line. So if Eichel remains out and perhaps Seattle sits, guys, we'll go through that more when we talk about this game, but it's possible Seattle sits, guys. I don't think they're going to defend at the level they've defended recently. So that's one I like. Another kind of lean I had is I think Jason Zucker's playing really well. Pittsburgh should score a lot of goals versus Chicago in that spot. So he's one I've got my eye on. So yeah, I think that's kind of my thoughts on a day where I, I'm not going to have an official anytime goal scorer pick yet. Okay, let's go to the big board. It's a very strange slate, and this is probably the strangest game on it. Blue Jackets at Flyers. Neither team wants to win this one. Columbus plus 135. Philly at home minus 155. Six and a half total. Just going to pretend this one doesn't exist. Yeah, fair. I honestly kind of lean Philly. I think they're like, maybe it's a bit of a time for them to snap out of it. I thought they actually played Easton versus Boston. They've got a couple forwards looking good, I guess. But yeah, I don't really want to get involved with this game. Sabres and Devils. Uh, Buffalo will be on a back-to-back. They are playing in Manhattan on Monday night. So the arduous travel from Manhattan to New Jersey for Buffalo. Plus 175 on the Sabres is always a little tempting given their upside. But I think this is one where you got to see how Monday night goes because there's a chance they're eliminated from playoff contention against the Rangers. So if, if the results don't go their way, you know, a little bit of a letdown spot here. Both of these teams thrive in transition, I think, as well. The Devils are a team, I think, and I know it's so late to now mention this, but they're a team that they could just score in bunches. So I want to go back and look and see what their, you know, their scoring splits ended up being. But in the playoffs, especially if they play the Rangers, who I think are going to get saddled with pretty low totals because of Sturkin. They, to me, feature like a live over team or like a live team total over team because they can just they score so quickly. They turn every turnover into a rush going the other way. And I guess it's a team like Buffalo who don't manage the puck all that well. It's a little scary, but it would be a lean towards Buffalo that said at this price or nothing. But we have to see what happens on Monday night. Yeah, I actually I fully agree with you on the Devils and the live overs bit. And I actually kind of like the Devils in this spot. I think it could be one where they just blow it up. I think they're playing really good. And it just seems like one where it's kind of a nightmare spot, whether it means something for Buffalo or not. I think that's a really tough back-to-back to head into, and they're going to need to really, really manage the puck well and and kind of just grind it out. And I, I just don't know if I think this team kind of has the ability to, to do that if the Devils play at their top level. So, I mean, considering how competitive Buffalo has been this year, I can see how the number looks about fair, but I just think it's going to be a really tough spot. And I, I think New Jersey yeah. will play a really good game. Maple Leafs and Lightning now. Toronto is in Florida Monday night. Take on the Panthers. 
They're plus 105 in Tampa, Lightning minus 125, over under six and a half. This is one where I think the point you made earlier comes into play because I know that they have cap issues, so getting bodies in and out of the lineup is not as straightforward as it should be for Toronto. But given that they're playing Florida, this is the second I have a back-to-back, and they're playing the team that they're going to be playing in round one of the playoffs, there's every incentive in the world for both of these teams to sit their guys. However, after playing well for a little stretch there, that the Lightning looked all out of sorts on their road trip. None of the games were meaningful. We talk about it all the time with Tampa. Who knows what to read into it? It does feel like the Lightning might use this one as more of a tune-up than the Leafs. So I think this line might move towards Tampa a little bit more as the lineups come out. I couldn't agree more. I think this is the best example on the slate of if you're going to bet Tampa, bet them now because it's more likely, significantly more likely that it ends up moving where it's like Tampa minus 140 or something like that. I don't really think you're running much of a risk of Toronto ending up being like a slight favorite or a pick in this game. Like I don't think that's happening. So if you're betting now, I would just say you're only betting Tampa. If you're going to bet tomorrow, you wait until Toronto announces everyone that's actually going to be in the lineup because why would you play anyone everyone knows the back-to-backs are more likely to cause injury the teams are starting to show it Toronto's already got what'll probably be like a pretty good tune-up game tonight and kind of one of the last ones they'll really go for versus Florida so I would expect Toronto sits a lot of the big names in this matchup and yet it just it seems like a spot where you know you could definitely consider trying to get money in on Tampa early and and betting on that that there will be some guys sitting and like it sounds so obvious, but you would like this does work. The sports book, every time it happens, the odds swing. Like it happened again with Boston on Sunday. It didn't work out, but obviously the whole goal is to get numbers better than where sports books are closing them. And yeah, like the Bruins, once they announced Bergeron and those guys were going to sit, the price swung like 25, 30 cents at almost every book. So it's a good play. Hopefully we get some really good chances to use it. Maybe Thursday when we record Wednesday's pod, there'll be some. Uh, some even better opportunities. The Washington Capitals, also on a second half of a back-to-back, they play the Islanders on Monday night, are plus 200 in Boston to take on the historic Boston Bruins, minus 240 over under six. Like you said, even chasing down the the all-time wins record, the Bruins were rotating guys, and it looks like they will do it again. One angle that I think, especially if that happens, that might be worth a shot here, and it'll be a big number, uh, would be Craig Smith, anytime goal scorer. It's a revenge game for him. The Bruins traded him to Washington in the Dmitry Orlov Garnet Hathaway deal to make it work. Craig Smith is a middle six scoring type. And if he's motivated and he shoots the puck enough, one will find the back of the net. And with the Capitals missing TJ Oshie and missing Ovechkin, presumably, we could see him maybe get some power play time, get some time in the top six. Peter Laviolette will know it's a big game for him. So maybe his minutes just get adjusted up a little bit. So It'll be a big number on Craig Smith is the point. Why not play into that revenge narrative against the Bruins? I don't think you can bet Boston at this price considering where their motivation is going to be. And like you said, we could see them rest a bunch of guys and the price could jump up even further on the cap. So Smith is uh, the way I want to go. He's plus 550 against the Islanders on Monday night. So if you can get a number a little, even a little bit longer than that, I think it's worth a shot. Oh, it better be longer than that. (laughs) (laughs) I think the problem is... I was hoping to get some good times to fade the Bruins down the stretch. I don't think this is one of them because the Capitals are a complete joke right now. So thinking about them playing back-to-back versus Boston, if either of Swayman or Allmark is in the net, any four of the regular D, like they'd have to put such a terrible lineup together here for me to think the Caps score more than two. So 
I won't go back to the well after what I thought was a decent shot versus Philly. I think the Caps just scare me a little too much on their own as a team that's just really skating it out. We talk about like some of these teams, like you don't want to go down that narrative too much. I think Detroit is kind of an example. Like you said, I think they're a little live versus Dallas tonight where you don't just want to think about motivation angles, but I think for the Caps, it's like, this is just such an old roster. They don't want to play for Laviolette anymore. I don't think there's a couple young guns up right now. I actually think Snively could be a decent look if he's in a super long number, but Oh yeah. I, I think the Caps are in a very bad place right now. Hockey betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Redline at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, or any other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. The Chicago Blackhawks have been in a very bad place all season and are plus 330 in Pittsburgh on the second night of the back-to-back against the Penguins, minus 410. Pittsburgh, this is a must-win game to keep their playoff hopes alive. They are chasing the Islanders and Panthers, who both are in action on Monday night. So by the time this game starts on Tuesday night, the Penguins could be three points back and needing to win the game to keep their season alive. And you couldn't ask for a better opponent than the Blackhawks on the second night of a back-to-back traveling. So I've said it all along, Pittsburgh can lose to anybody. They've proven that this season. They've been one of the worst 12 teams by their record in the NHL since Christmas. So... The gap might not be as large as these odds imply, but it's really, really hard to imagine the Blackhawks coming through here. But if you made me pick one, I'd say you got to take the price on Chicago. But no, I've I got don't. enough skin in the game with the, <laughs> the, the the playoff chase. So, Yes, I have enough skin in the game too. I need the Hawks to finish dead last in what has been an unreal sweat. This future has been great. So I guess I'll have to root for the Penguins. But it would be pretty funny to see them miss out if they lost to Chicago in this game. Oh, wouldn't that be something? The Winnipeg Jets are plus 105 against the Minnesota Wild. In Minnesota, minus 125, the Wild are the over-under 5.5. Winnipeg has, I want to say that they've all but locked up the last playoff spot as we we're talking because the Predators and Flames, the two teams that are chasing Winnipeg, play on Monday night. So we'll see where that ends up. I think the Jets started playing pretty well. They started to turn things around about like, what, eight days ago, nine days ago. A couple impressive wins, including one over the Devils. And then they dropped that decision to the Flames. People kind of were like, ooh, this is not good. Counting them out. And then 
put together a good one against the Predators in a must-win game over the weekend. So I think that these two teams are much closer in terms of like talent level and just overall big picture-wise than people would realize. I'm not saying that Winnipeg should be a favorite over Minnesota on the road, but you know if this number gets bigger, I would play the Jets. Yeah, I think you'd want to make sure Hellebuck's going to go. That's kind of my fear there. I don't really ever want to bet the Jets when Hellebuck's not in that. So that's kind of my concern. Minnesota's got a way better defensive core, and I like that about them comparatively. They might not have the same kind of stars up front, but I still think that I'd give them a bit of an edge here. And yeah, if they're not going to have Hellebuck, that's a big concern. And yeah, the Jets did bounce back, but... It almost feels kind of lucky because they had that like game seven with that was the atmosphere with Calgary and they lost. I mean, that is what it is, but it's probably going to work out for them because Calgary blew it versus Vancouver in the shootout, which is just so flames because they won the one that was like a playoff game versus Winnipeg. So we kind of called it lose the Blackhawks, win the gun against the Jets and then drop a point against the Canucks. Like, yeah. So they, yeah. And I think that's kind of all there is pay attention. Maybe if, Hellebuck plays tonight. That's going to be really relevant. Although in this spot, yeah, maybe Hellebuck goes back to back too is a possibility. Yeah, I think it, if Winnipeg wins on Monday night and they get to ninety three points, and then the Flames lose, the Flames lose, lose, then then you mm-hmm. might see it. But I, I'm assuming he's going both. Because yeah, and the Jets might luck out. Like they're not going to obviously factor this into any decisions right now. They might luck out that Colorado doesn't have anything to play for in game 82. So yeah. I actually think Calgary's chances of sneaking in are even worse than what models are suggesting. I think money puck still is in like 20%, but it's probably worse than that because that's weighting the chances that Winnipeg loses game 82, probably at like 58% or whatever it is. So if Colorado sits all their guys, that's not happening. So yeah, I think that's a long ways to say that there's probably a couple of different things that need to happen tonight before you should make a bet on this game. Anything on Canucks minus 145 in Anaheim to take on the Ducks plus 125 total six and a half after this one, we'll get to our top shelf bets for April 11th. If I knew that Demko was going to play, I think this would actually be a great number to back Vancouver, but talk has already said, yep. and who knows like, if we need to trust him, but that they're going to cut out two starts for Delia down the stretch, apparently. Yes. So I don't know. This could be one of them. <laughs> so yep. yeah, I, I and I'm not going down that train again because Delia really blew up our attempt to fade the Kraken last week. So I think keep that in mind, probably a, a Colin Delia start. We've said it all, all along on the show, both last season, this season, that you just never want to trust a coach. But in a situation like this where the Canucks are not in like a playoff race and the games don't matter, like I think it's... it's There's okay. no gesturing going yeah, on. Yeah, it's okay. He's it's okay to posturing. trust him. If, if he lied about this... Colin Delia should sue or something because then that's, you know, just messed up. And then like Delia could play tonight though. And then I'd be, right. if he was confirmed tonight, then I'd probably be starting to get a little interested in getting on Vancouver at this number. Okay, let's move to Top Shelf Bets, our favorite bets, April the 11th. Top Shelf where mama hides the cookies. I'm going for a price here between the Edmonton Oilers and Colorado Avalanche. I like this game to go to overtime at plus 340. When you look at the profile of these two teams, it's not the type of teams you want to back in this market. <laughs> like they can score at will, seesaw games that multi-goal wins and losses, especially for the Oilers, like over their seasons kind of up and downs are not all that uncommon. Edmonton has been fantastic for a long time now. 18-4-1 in their last 23, 12-0-1 in their last 13, seven game winning streak. Matias Ekholm is plus 25 
since he came to the Oilers, which is a stat that you just need to give context to for it to like open your eyes. And I think that one does. That said, I think that the Avalanche in a game that is vitally important to them will give Edmonton a pretty stern test on the road. Not only are the Avalanche going to be missing the, the guys they've been missing for quite some time now, like Lekin and Josh Manson and Gabe Landeskog, it looks like Kale McCarr will probably sit out again. Who knows, Bowen Byram, depth players like Darren Helm as well. So this one seems like the type of game where the tactics for Colorado will be just gum it up. Like, let's do everything we can to keep this game on script. You don't want to think this way, but a point is a huge deal for Colorado in this contest. Getting anything out of it is big because it puts them multiple games ahead of Dallas and Minnesota, obviously, depending on how results shake out beforehand. But right now they have a two point lead on Dallas, four points on Minnesota for the central division. And I think that their best path to victory against Edmonton, given the way that the Oilers are playing 60 goals in their last 13 games, is just to settle things down, slow it down as best they can. So in a matchup between two teams that would be near the bottom of, of teams you want to bet in this particular bet type, I actually think it makes some sense given the stakes and what I'm expecting to see out of Colorado. Yeah, and I don't think it's too much. Like when I target these, it's obviously better in a game where it might be like super low scoring because there's less score lines that'll bust you. But I think that it doesn't have to be, you know, lockdown type games even. It's more just like I, I try to target ones where like I think both sides are likely like it should remain really competitive throughout. And like it's harder to see a team getting a pulling away with multi-goal lead. So I kind of like that. I'm almost, if anything, I like Edmonton enough here where it scares me a touch, but I like the thinking there. Hopefully Byron will come back because I thought it really showed that his absence was compounded with Makar out versus Anaheim. They were pretty bad in that game. They drew a ton of calls and I don't necessarily think they were unfair calls. You just don't usually see refs actually call every penalty for one team all game when it gets to that number to the point where fans are literally shocked. You just see people saying like, I can't believe they got eight power plays. Like it's so unfair. And no one even talks about really whether or not they were all like actually calls. So anyways, I, I think that Colorado is a little shaky right now because that just puts so many minutes on skaters that are defensive skaters that really aren't that good. But yeah, I, I think that's a really reasonable look for sure. And also the funnest bet in hockey, I think. One of my favorites. Yeah, it is fun. And it's one that I, I talk about in soccer a lot on Wonder Goal. And the different kind of approach from hockey and soccer when you're betting this, it's so different. Like in hockey, you know that 99 out of 100 games are going to feature goals and you're just hoping that they the teams kind of keep each other within distance. Whereas soccer, you're just praying that nothing gets going. So it is a little bit of a different mentality. But yeah, that's where I'm going. Plus 340 I'm seeing right now for that bet. So a little different from what we usually give out. Uh, but this is a different kind of slate and a different time of year than normal. What is your favorite bet for Tuesday? So my favorite bet is uh, the Knights to win in regulation. I've been kind of low on the Knights lately, but I think they're starting to come around. They've played a couple of really good games. Both Minnesota games were pretty good. The game in Dallas, they're pretty strong, I thought. So I'm willing to get back on the Knights here and kind of just the spot with the Kraken playing tonight in Arizona. I think they're kind of a good team to sell high on. They've really dominated through their soft stretch and are even actually kind of still on the King's tail for third in the division. But with that said, I mean, they could lose tonight in Arizona and then they're really not playing for anything here. Even if not, I still think they might rest some guys that are a little dinged up. And then it's fully possible to have Joey Decord in this matchup. So those are things that we like. I know Seattle's goaltenders are just 
it's going to be so shaky. Grubauer's really been the only steady one. So I kind of think it's a good time to just sell high on the crack and, and uh, look for Vegas to have a pretty good offensive day. I think a three-way win is a good bet. And yeah, like if I were the Kraken, I know no coach is going to think this way. I would rather finish where they're going to finish and not play the Oilers. Not that I actually think they can catch the Kings. They'd have to win out and have the Kings win one. But um, yeah, you made the case. Edmonton's playing really, really good hockey right now. It sounds like Vegas is going to get stoned back for the first <laughs> round, as you a lot of people kind of expected. So yeah, I, I just think it's kind of an interesting time to fade the Kraken and uh, you know see if they start to show a little worse. And I think... Their underlying numbers have been so strong, but they've caught so many of these bad teams in a good spot. And they're kind of a really good team to take advantage of some of these lesser units, I think, when they're going to win a lot of those matchups so handily down the lineup. So yeah, I, I just think it's a good time to to fade them and and hopefully this ends up with a pretty strong roster. They've got a couple guys that are day-to-day, but... All right, so it's the crack in a regulation. Oilers and Avalanche to go beyond regulation. My favorite underdog was the Detroit Red Wings against the Carolina Hurricanes. Nick didn't have an official underdog, but he was leaning towards a Jason Zucker or Nicholas Wah, anytime goal scorer. And that will do it for our penultimate line change of the regular season. We will see you again Wednesday night or Thursday morning to wrap this puppy up and then get ready for the playoffs when you'll be hearing a lot more from us throughout the tournament. So for Nick Martin, I'm Michael Leboff. Thanks to our sponsors, BetMGM, and we will see you Wednesday night or Thursday morning. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.